I feel right, that's me, your four minute buzz. Have a great Thank Memorial you, Day. You, you too. All right. All right. Can I get a word in edgewise Good for a God. second? Yes, please. please. Just talk. I mean, people are dying to hear me talk about real estate agents I trust. They are. They've right? been saying it all day. They've been demanding it. When is he going to talk about real estate agents I trust? It's trending and on Twitter time right, is right now, now, Glenn. Right. It's, it's the time is right now. You lucked into the perfect time to hear me tell you <laughs> about the great real estate agents that we have waiting to help you sell or buy a house. You could be selling in one city, in one state, and buying in the next one. We will help you find the right real estate agents for you. It's free service to you, realestateagentsitrust.com. Uh, I, uh, I have a personal message, um, a couple of really great guests, but a personal message uh, next. America, welcome to the Glenn Beck program. It's Memorial Day weekend. A personal message in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck program. First, uh, let me tell you about uh, Hustler. Hustler lawnmowers, they're the best. Um, there's no other lawnmower on the market that is built like that and uh, like a hustler. And I can tell you that with confidence. These are the people that have made industrial lawnmowers forever. You know, people who are cutting the sides of the highway. That's a hustler mower. They did the zero turn lawnmower. They were the first ones to invent it. And then they perfected it. They started in like the 1960s with a zero turn lawnmower. They've been around for years before that. And then they came up with a zero-turn lawnmower, and they made things for, you know, stadiums, football fields, uh, highway departments, everything else. They started making them for you, for your lawn, and it will cut the time of cutting your lawn in half. It's a hustler. Hustler turf, built to last. And I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to A, B, compare. I want you to go out and test drive the best one you can find, and then go to a hustler dealer near you. Hustlerturf.com. Hustlerturf.com. Dot com. It is Memorial Day weekend, and I want to send a personal message to one listener. I don't even know if she's a listener of mine anymore. Uh, I She is the mother of Sergeant Patrick Tanish. Uh, He was uh, in Eagle Troop, and he died in Baghdad, 2-11-04. I met her, I think, at a book signing. I can't remember. I can't remember where we were. I remember meeting her. I'm sad to say I don't remember her name. But I remember what she told me vividly. She came up to me 
and she told me the son of a uh, story of her son Patrick. Patrick uh, was a troubled kid. He was a good kid, but ran into trouble, got uh, hooked in uh, onto uh, uh, heroin, and just heroin when it gets a hold of you it just doesn't let go and uh he worked so hard with his dad to get off and it took him a while and he did and he changed his life and then he went to iraq he joined the military and went to iraq he felt like there was a reason he survived well she told me the reason he survived was because of the people he saved in Iraq. And she, she told me this story with tears in her eyes. And she gave me this bracelet. It's just a standard black, you know, soldier bracelet. I remember bracelets like these when I was growing up, they were for prisoners of war in Vietnam. And she just asked me, could you, would you just wear this for the day for my son? I probably wore this every day for maybe 10 years. And I took it out of my little box that I have, you know, my keys and watch and things in this morning and I put it on. And if anyone in the Tanish family this weekend is mourning the loss of Patrick Tanish. I hope his mother knows that I am doing the same this weekend and I am grateful that he lived and I feel as though he has been with me for many, many years. I want to introduce you to somebody that I just think is one of the greatest guys I've ever met. And that's hard to say because I've met so many really incredible people. Um, Rishi Sharma, he is a guy that's been on my program a few times. Uh, and he started out just wanting to talk to World War II veterans. I'm going to let him tell the story quickly. Risha, how are you? Rishi, great. You there? How, are, how are you? Yes, sir. Can you hear me? I I can. I'm so glad to have you uh, have you on the program again. Can you just quickly um, uh, recap how you started doing this? How old you were, uh, and what you're doing? Absol- absolutely. Um, I really appreciate this opportunity uh, to talk about the World War II heroes. But uh, my name's Rishi Sharma, and uh, I started interviewing World War II veterans when I was in high school. I've always been interested in the war. And uh, one day I decided to ride my bike basically to the local retirement home. And I wanted to meet the men firsthand who, you know, I'd been reading about and seeing TV shows about. And it it was an amazing experience just how open they were. And the fact that I got to actually look in the eyes of someone who went through hell so that someone like me could, could be alive. You know, and and after meeting a number of these veterans at the retirement home, I uh, I really felt a burden that I owed these men not just my life, but to preserve what they fought for, so that future generations won't go to war, and that we'll always remember what the World War II veterans have given us. And so, 
when I graduated, I, uh, I was very blessed to get a bunch of news coverage, and uh, I had a fundraiser, and, and uh, I raised funding, and I was uh, to go out and interview as many World War II combat veterans as possible myself. And uh, uh, now it's four years later, 48 states, the U.K., Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and just over 1,100 interviews now on camera. Jeez. Um, Who has contacted you, Rishi, for, I mean, has the Smithsonian or National Archives, anyone contacted you about preserving these yet? Absolutely not. I, you wouldn't believe no? the number of people I've, you wouldn't believe the number of organizations I've reached out to who just, I guess they aren't interested, maybe because it doesn't fit their narrative. Okay, okay, the, okay. You know, okay. We may I, side. may I, as a uh, representative of uh, Mercury One, put you in touch? We would love to preserve the record of these of these stories i this is i think you do one of the most important things history will remember your name it might not be in your lifetime but it they will remember you because of what you're doing you're this is vitally important yeah i I appreciate that i mean i'm not all for that as long as people remember what the world war ii veterans went through i mean when i was in high school uh, you know, it, it, as a member of the younger generation, I'm 22 now, I can honestly tell you that they don't teach World War II in school anymore. And it, what they do cover is how bad, quote, the bad the U.S. was for dropping the atomic bombs. I mean, right. people are being brainwashed nowadays, the younger generation are being brainwashed to hate our country, to hate our veterans, to hate our way of life. And it's, it's not right. And, and I don't so, want to see that happen any further. That's why recording these stories of what these veterans actually went through, what they witnessed, the atrocities they came across. I mean, whoever has that footage is going to be able to control the narrative. I know. I know. I know. I I tell you, Rishi, you know, I just looked at the brand new AP standards for history. This is a, these are AP classes. This is not your regular class. This is the, I'm really smart. I want to take an AP history class. So it counts towards college. World War II, there is no mention of Hitler, the Holocaust, the Germans, the English. Um, the, it picks up the story. There's more to it than that. I can't remember all of it. It picks up at the bombing, not of Pearl Harbor, but of Hiroshima. That's it. And the, the AP requirement is that you understand that the United States bombed Japan with a nuclear weapon and, quote, that made the world question the, uh, the motives of the United States of America. Holy cow. It's absolutely, I mean, it's revisionist history and it's the lies because what people fail to realize is that we gave Japan many opportunities to surrender. We had them completely surrounded by naval blockades. They had no food coming in or out. They refused. We dropped over 5 million pamphlets. We, meaning the United States and our allies, dropped 5 million pamphlets over the target cities, telling the civilians to evacuate. And after the first bomb, they didn't surrender. I mean, it took two atomic bombs to even make them consider surrendering. And there's a, a well-known story that when the emperor, Hirohito, actually came on the radio uh, across Tokyo, the citizens didn't believe him. 
You know, they thought mm-hmm. it was some kind of allied propaganda. Because, but, they, because you know, I, they had trained their citizens to believe that that's what was going to happen. The, the, the propaganda in Japan uh, about the United States, they, were, they believed we would eat them practically. I mean, they thought we were monsters because of the propaganda. Absolutely. I mean, there was a well-known incident on the island of Saipan where the Japanese uh, had a garrison. Uh, There was a civilian population there as well. And when the Americans landed, the Japanese forced the civilians to a cliff, women and babies, and had told them stories that the Marines and the Army infantry would, you know, hurt them and do cruel things. And these, these babies were thrown off the cliffs. And the women jumped after them, and the Japanese, you know, obviously soldiers went themselves. But we had translators, you know, up on the cliffs trying to tell these civilians to come and that they would be safe. And, I mean, it's so dangerous, this this type of rhetoric that the United States and the Allies were in the wrong. I I run this YouTube channel called Legends of World War II, and, and some of that content of the veterans' talking about their experiences it's been censored by youtube but what's also shocking is how many uninformed people there are i get comments all the time uh of people thinking that pearl harbor was in retribution for us bombing uh, japan they don't realize it was the other way around Oh, my gosh. Um, Rishi, hang on. i got to take a one-minute break, and then I want to come back, talk about um, how you do this, how you are now asking others to do it and send you their footage, and I want to hear about uh, the best stories that you have heard, the best people that you have met, because, I mean, meeting them from the greatest uh, generation of America, I would imagine this is going to be hard for you to decide, but tell me about the most interesting and uh best encounter you have had with some of these vets back in 60 seconds one of the things that gives me great pleasure in life is getting to come and talk about the products that i actually believe in well i believe in rectech i have a rectech i use my rectech i love my rectech i'm going to miss my rectech uh because i don't have the same up at the ranch and everything I do have is in a barn packed up because it's a long story. Uh, so I'm not going to have my Rectech for about three weeks. And I don't like that at all because Rectech, it's going to be us for over a week. It's just me and the boys. And so I am up there. There's not a single woman around. We are going to have steak for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks and maybe even a late-night snack. Uh, And it just grills them to perfection. The ribs will be smoked, and they fall off the bone. It's it's the best. It's the best. And you don't have to be good at it because all of the high-tech gadgetry in it, it takes care of it for uh, itself. It's Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-Q, R-E-C-T-E-Q, Rectech with a Q at the end, Rectech.com, Rectech.com. 10-second station ID. So we are with uh, Rishi Sharma, who I met, I don't know, about three years ago, and he is one of my favorite people I have ever interviewed. Uh, I think he was probably about 20 when we when we first met. 
and I, I just think he is, I mean, you're a hero of mine, Rishi, and I mean that sincerely. Oh, no. um, so, so tell me, you say, oh, no, like, because I don't even know if you like me or, you know, anything else. You might be like, oh, no, Glenn Beck just said he's a, I'm a hero of his. Oh, oh no, I'm going to no, go no, kill I'm, myself I'm now. sorry. <laughs> no, no. No, no. I, I just meant, you know, I, I feel very strongly that the, that the word hero is really only reserved for those, you know, who put their lives on the line. I mean, the fact is, if I had all the money in the world, I would still be doing what I'm doing. I'm so blessed mm. that I get to hang out and talk to the men who saved the world. Good for you. Um, all right. You mentioned a minute ago that your your videos are being banned or demonetized on YouTube. Why is that? You know, I wish I knew the answer, sir. Oh, my gosh. Uh, bas- basically, uh, you know... I raised all that funding, and, and I've been doing these oral histories of the World War II veterans. I give the, them copies of the interviews, but I would also put it on YouTube. Um, back in December of 2020, uh, the channel, I wasn't trying to be a YouTuber or anything. It was just a, a storage place for the videos. But back in 2020, December, uh, some of the little vignettes I was making, you know, 10-minute clips taken out of some of the interviews, some of them started going viral. I mean, getting millions of views, and, and I guess the, the way it works is the YouTube algorithm picks it up, and they'll show it on many people's homepage. Uh, yes. And so that was happening to some of the videos, causing a huge surge in traffic to the channel. And so I go from about 2,000 subscribers to about uh, 25,000 in just maybe a week. And it's about 2,000 every day, and then it stops. And it craters down to maybe 100. And the, the analytics just don't make sense. Uh, no, you know, cause yes, they, videos- yes, they do from the YouTube side. If you know exactly what YouTube is doing, it makes perfect sense. They throttled you. Absolutely. I, I've looked it up. I've reached out to other people who deal with World War II on YouTube. They face the same exact thing because, I guess, the algorithm... And the people behind it, YouTube, they believe anything to do with World War II is promoting Nazis and Hitler, and they don't take oh the time gosh. to decipher. Um, oh and and it, it, it's, it, it's ridiculous because, you know, there's no politics in these videos. It's facts. It's the veterans saying what they went through and what they saw. And, you know, without the monetization, I can't keep, you know, affording to stay on the road. And, and I, I just find it incredible that they find themselves to be the superior power that can censor whose voices can be heard and whose cannot. I mean, these makeup tutorials, they get a billion views, but the men who fought for our freedom, who went through hell, I mean, why can't we give them the same attention? Tell me, tell me the, the most interesting and uh, best uh, out of all of that you've done hard to choose i know what was the thing that really opened your eyes or moved you or had you look at things differently you mean you mean veteran interview in an or? interview yeah 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 you know that's difficult there's so many interesting veterans but i would like to tell you about a man named chuck pataglia um i found out through him through a directory of uh, wounded veterans uh, I was, you know, I, I literally would spend my days going through name by name, calling these veterans who all belong to the same organization. And I came across his name and I reached out to him and he agreed to do the interview. 
and he didn't mention anything on the phone, anything unusual. I come to his house. This man is a double amputee. Both of his legs were blown off by a mortar uh, during the fighting for the Hurtgen Forest in October of 1944. Mm. He was the friendliest man, I swear to God. He, he, he would take the shirt off his back to help you. And I just, it was incredible to sit there and talk to him and hear his story. Basically, he was 18 when uh, Pearl Harbor gets attacked, 19 uh, when he decides to join. After training, he gets shipped overseas and he is, joins as a replacement for the 1st Infantry Division. And uh, he was only in combat for about two weeks. And he is sitting behind a, a hedge one night, and he told me he could hear Germans on the other side, but he was out on guard. And all of a sudden, next thing he knows, he hears the loudest, loudest explosion of his life. And, and when he comes to, he can't move. And he doesn't feel his legs. So a couple of his buddies come, and they carry him to the first aid station. It doesn't look like he's going to make it. He had a strong faith. And obviously he did. He comes back home. This is someone, you know, who had his whole life ahead of him, you know, 19 years old to be dealt such a severe blow. But his family told me something I sincerely believe that he never complained a single day in his life about his situation. All he wanted to do was get a job and raise a family and be a contributing member to society. He wanted to give wow. back, even though he had already given his legs. And the, re the, the real interesting thing is, he ended up working for the VA as a wow. prosthetic technician, making prosthetics for other veterans. Here's where I want you to go. I want you to go to the Facebook page, Heroes of the Second War or Heroes of the Second World War dot org. Heroes of the Second World War dot org. You can uh, help them out with GoFundMe.com, Legends of World War, WW2, if you will, WWII, GoFundMe page, Legends of WWII. It's Rishi Sharma. Rishi, keep up the good work. Thank you for joining us. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So I uh, was just talking to my wife because I'm going on a road trip with the boys, uh, you know, my son and some of his friends and everything else were making a cross-country trip and and uh, I said, honey, I need my Raycon uh, earplugs. And she said, they're not earplugs. She said, they're wireless earbuds. And I said, don't talk to me like I'm 800 years old. I know exactly what I'm saying. I need them because they have a noise isolating fit. And I can tell you someplace before we even get out of Texas, I'm going to want to put those in. I don't care if they make sound or not. They're earplugs. It's a road trip with teenagers. They're earplugs. She said, <clears throat> we're going to have to get them back from one of the kids. And I'm like, <clears throat> yeah, which one has them? And she said, well, Cheyenne has mine. Rafe has yours. Oh, my. Raycon. I've already bought them a pair, but they're now using mine. Raycons offering 15% off all of the products. Here's what you have to do. Just go to buyraycon.com slash back. Save 15%. Really great earplugs or earbuds, whichever you're using them for. Buyraycon.com slash Beck.
and head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. You can use your earplugs to listen to the show every day. The promo code is Glenn. Save 10 bucks. This is the Glenn Beck Program. This weekend is Memorial Day weekend. I will be with some vets uh, over the weekend marking the day and their service. Rishi Sharma was just with us. He is uh, the guy who started Legends of World War II, Heroes of the Second World War, uh, which is where you can find him on Facebook. Um, He wanted me to ask any veteran of World War II, if you know a veteran, please sign up so they can be interviewed. Uh, And you can do that at Heroes of the Second World War. That's spelled out, heroesofthesecondworldwar.org. Or on Facebook at Heroes of the Second World War, um, they are fading fast. They are going away, and he is trying to get as many as possible. You know, when I when I hear people talk about America, I think about people like Rishi, a 19 year old kid who started this because he was fascinated, and now he knows the truth, and he is fighting hard that we don't lose, so we don't lose all of these voices and experiences. When I think of America, I think of a country that makes an awful lot of mistakes, but then does its best to right itself and learn from that mistake. I want to introduce you to Adam Sandoval. His story began because he was disappointed in himself. He said, I never served in the military. I don't I didn't do so for no good reason. Just poor choices, temptations, distractions. I had my focus in all the wrong places at a young age. And as I got older, I, it really started to set in the sacrifices and even more so realizing the f- sacrifices that other people have made for our country. I wanted to find a way to give back and do what I could. So he came up with something that he is now very passionate about, and I want him to explain it. Adam, welcome to the program. Oh, happy to be on. Thank you so much for having me. I wish we were. Uh, I wish we were together in person. I know you're uh, up in uh, Oklahoma. You are, you are a guy who is who is dedicating his life now to raising awareness of our veterans. And you have some things going on uh, uh, soon that you're going to talk about. But tell me what you started and what you're doing. Sure. Um, you know, it all started uh, with a, a campaign. Uh, I called it Scoot in America, and I just rolled my Harley Davidson. Uh, to every Harley-Davidson dealership across the country uh, and raised awareness and support uh, for our veterans. It was an 88,000-mile road trip that took me oh coast to gosh. coast. <laughs> yeah, like 16 times 80, coast to coast. Uh, 88,000 miles. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was a long adventure. It took me about 21 months. Uh, yeah. I got hit by a car, had to come back from that, you know, damaged my leg pretty bad. Um but was able to get back on the bike and, and finish it and ride to every dealership uh, in America and, uh, you know, had Americans ride with me from, from every corner of this country uh, in honor of our veterans. We raised a ton of money and a ton of support for veterans. And, you know, I just couldn't stop after that. I just kept going. So you've got all kinds of programs rolling out. Uh, so didn't you, when you would stop at these dealerships, didn't you many times give a bike to a veteran? I have done a lot of veterans uh, motorcycle giveaways. I think to date, um, don't quote me on this, but I think I've given up 12 bikes uh, away to veterans at this point. And um, that's always such a such an impactful thing because I know what the motorcycle community 
stands for when it comes to our veterans. And they're very passionate and they're very embracing. And it can be a channel for a veteran that, that needs it. Um, so when I, when I find a veteran and I, and I give them, hand them over the keys to a brand new motorcycle, um, I know it's not just uh, a motorcycle I'm giving them. It's, it's a channel you know, for, for therapy. It's a channel for uh, community, camaraderie. Um, it, it, do, I get messages from them all the time. Changes their lives. Why, do, why did this happen to you? Uh, I mean, you veterans are uh, they're part of a community. And if you're in that community, um, you can understand it. I don't know if I can fully understand it, but they are just they walk as one many times. Uh, and you weren't part of that community. What, what was it that changed in your life or what happened in your life? You know, I think it's, it's maturity. Uh, you know, I grew up, I think you said it well in the, in the open there, you know, I just made a lot of bad choices and, and I started to regret those choices and but I you just were, wanted but, to be, but wait, 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 you, by society's standards, you didn't necessarily make bad choices. You were quite wealthy. Were you not? I mean, you had a big house and a nice car and an extensive art collection, right? I mean, yeah, I, I was successful in business. There, there's no doubt, um, but it was it was it was more than that. And even even that success came came later for me. You know, in in my early 30s, late 20s, it started to happen. And in my teens and early 20s, when I would have joined the military, I was just a young punk, and I was just making bad choices and 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 had the wrong priorities in life. Um, and as I matured, uh, I did find some success in, in business. Uh, but then, you know, the reality of, of my veteran set in, I started, got some very close veteran friends, um, that were active duty, um, some that didn't make it home, uh, some that, some that did come home and, and then deal with struggles every day back here in America. Um, and I really started to feel like I didn't do my part and I, I felt like I should have should have been part of that and it just it just i don't know it hit me and then i want there's to delete, a lot of people you know? honestly there's a lot there's a lot of people uh that uh will say i want to do my part but you sold your house all of your expensive cars furniture your art collection you let it all go uh and you then got on your motorcycle and you went on this uh this uh trip for the american legion's legacy scholarship fund which benefits you know, the children of fallen veterans who were lost on or before 9-11. A lot of people say, I want to get involved. You sold everything and went on the road. <laughs> I, I did, man. I lived off of a back. It ended up being a total of five years. Uh, I was homeless. I lived off the back of a motorcycle. And uh, it was it was an incredible learning experience for me. Um, I, I gained so much knowledge and and really, and, and I think you're right, I don't think either of us can understand what these veterans go through, but I've spent a lot of nights next to campfires and a lot of miles on the road uh, talking to veterans and, and helping uh, whatever way I possibly could deal with, you know, whatever struggles they may be having or, or, or dealing with. And, I mean, it's heavy stuff, man. I mean, it's, it's, you, it's very heavy stuff. I've heard you say that there were two uh, events or two meetings that really kind of changed your life. They deeply affected you. One was with a mom, and the other was a salute. Can you tell those stories? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I was, I was, you know, kind of in the beginning of my campaign. Um, you know, this is this always gets me gets me going. Uh, you know, the the it's tough I, to deal with a veteran who is who is you know um, trying to understand what they're going through. But when you have a mother come to you, yeah. and her her child didn't come home 
and you're riding to support a program that helps uh, her grandchildren, her, her child's child, a child that's missing a, a father. Um, and she comes up to you and, and out of the blue and wraps her arms around you and starts crying. And you've never met this woman before. Um, and she starts telling you the stories of what her family is still dealing with today because of the loss. Uh, I mean, if that doesn't change you, I mean, if that doesn't take you back and, and humble you and make you realize that there's so much more important, yeah, I, I'd have given I'd have given any one of them cars or any of that art collection in any moment. You know what I mean to help that lady yeah, and change what know. she was what she was going through. You know, uh, all of a sudden, all those worldly possessions just don't mean anything when you yep. when when you've got somebody sitting in front of you like that. You know, um, and you you were well, talking about World War II veterans. You know, I had yeah. a World War II veteran teach me to salute. You know, that's something I would have learned had I ah. had I actually served. You know, and that was that was quite the honor as well. So it made me do so some push-ups. Me, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. let me, I don't want to meet that guy. Uh, I'll be there all day trying on one. Uh, let me uh, let me ask you two things. You've traveled now uh, over eighty thousand miles around the country on your bike. You didn't have a home, so you were you were everywhere in this country. Two questions. What did you learn that you didn't know about veterans? And what did you learn about America that you didn't know or you came to fully understand? Sure. You know, uh, to to answer the later question first, America, I learned that um, we're much more united than anybody wants us to believe. We are we are. Every, you know, I, on that campaign alone, it was, it was 88,000 miles and I went to 702 cities across America. That campaign alone, I learned very quickly that we are united and we are aligned and the people that are out there working every day and grinding to keep the society going and to keep us afloat and to keep us, you know, uh, a healthy country. We vastly agree on, on almost everything. Um, yeah. the, the country's not on the big principles. Into. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and that to me was, was really an eye opener because before stepping foot in all these cities and having dinners and breakfasts and, and, and meetings with all these different people in all these different cities, I had no idea we really were as united as we are. Um, mm. and it was an eye opener for me and it got me excited. Uh, it got me amped, you know, because I'm like, man, we, mm-hmm. we really are in much better shape than maybe, you know, a lot of people want us to believe. And uh, I think that's, I think that's one reason why people in the middle of the country, you know, when I warn about the things that are happening and the things that are coming, they don't necessarily feel that because in their usual daily life, they are talking to their neighbors who are Democrats or Republicans or independents and everybody's getting along. And so they just don't, they I mean, it's a different world when you're outside of the media or outside of the social networks. When you're actually in America, uh, it feels entirely different. It does. I mean, amazingly yeah. different. I, it, it, I mean, I get chills just hearing what you just said because it's so true. I mean, it's the people are good. People are yeah, good. They are. People in this country are. are good. You know, there, there's right. a lot of good out there. Uh, I've only got about 60 seconds left. Tell me about what you learned about veterans. If you can in 60, uh, man, I learned that there's a lot more, um, trauma going on with our veterans than what, than what we mm-hmm. even know. And there can never be enough awareness and that we need a whole lot more support and help for them than what our yeah. government's giving them. Um, and that even though I can preach it to you right here on the show, 
you'll never know until you get with enough of them and see the struggles yeah. they're going through. Yeah. They're fighting a very ugly war right here on our own soil. And yeah. uh, I learned that it's important that I do my part. I, I got coined a statement I'd like to say, and that is if you did not serve in your military, find time to serve those who did. And that's what I try to do. Adam Sandoval, you find him at adamsandoval.com. Also, youtube.com slash Adam Sandoval. Adam, I'm sorry. I'd love to have you for a, a podcast. I know we've been trying to put it together the last few, but uh, you're a fascinating guy with much more to uh, tell. Thank you so much. Let's Thank get together soon. Time. Thank you. God bless. All right. All right. American Financing is, uh, is our sponsor. <sighs> you know, I don't know what to say to you. I mean, I really don't. How much are your credit card? How much, how, much, how much interest are you paying to the bank that you shouldn't be? How high, are the, how high is the interest rate on your credit card? How much money would you save going from whatever crazy number it is that you're paying for your credit cards to 2%? How much money would you save? What is your mortgage? I mean, I don't know rich people who burn money. I mean, I do, but they're not, they're not rich very often. Not very rich, very long. I don't know people who just like, I don't care what the interest rate is. Uh, I don't know. It's a hassle. If you, you've got to save money and pay off your debts. And American financing will help you do that by refinancing without resetting your mortgage. You can refi without resetting. And you can take that interest rate and bring it down. You can fold in all your high interest credit cards. It's AmericanFinancing.com. Take 10 minutes. Oh, I've got too much money. I don't need to call them. American Financing, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or go to AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. The Glenn Beck Program. It's Friday, Memorial Day weekend, and, uh, you know, I wanted to do something at the end of the show that made everybody feel good, you know, and so I booked those two guests, and I think, Stu, I don't know about you, but that made me feel the opposite. Uh, yeah. I now feel like the biggest loser in my life. Completely uh, you know, uh, uh, just outshined uh-huh. by both of yeah. them, and I know that I've done nothing with my life. Right. I mean, I, I know losers, but I think I'm the biggest of them now, mm-hmm. uh, because those guys were amazing. Uh, so I do want to fulfill my goal today of making you feel better about yourself and better about things. Yes, we just had two remarkable people on who sold everything to do something good for society or whatever. Um, <laughs> I want to remind you that at least you are not one of the people interviewed by Ami Horowitz in this clip. What kind of like the next level BDS? You know, it's like BDS, and then we're like, BDS plus. You know, we, we're looking to wipe Israel off the map. Yeah, we want, you know, we, we're looking to destroy Israel. We don't want just Gaza, we want to have all of Israel. No, I, I've actually been learning about last, in this last school year, about everything that's going on over there, so I, I like the sound of what you're doing. It sounds like the great thing to do. Yeah, totally against the Israeli genocide. Awesome. But we just want to get rid of Israel, and you know, yeah. it's, for the, it's for the Palestinians. Stay off drugs. But we would love you to check out our website. Thank you. If you feel like donating to help the cause, to fight back, and that'd be great. For sure, we'll definitely. And maybe consider making a donation. Sure. Great. Probably like 15 bucks. 15 bucks? Yeah. No, that'd, that'd be great. 
Just so you know, the organization Ami Horowitz is raising money for in this clip is called Friends of Hamas. And he is has no shortage of college students willing to give him money to donate to an internationally recognized terrorist organization just because in his summary of what they do, he says they're going to destroy Israel. This is, by the way, if you think about critical race theory and you're like, well, it's some dumb thing that, that happens in schools. I don't, I don't really care. The equivalent to critical race theory has been happening with the Israelis and the Palestinians uh, across our society for years and years and years and years and years. And this is the end of it. We have people now financially supporting terrorism, which my understanding of that is that it's a crime. <laughs> Not going to stop them, though. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. We'll see you next week. This is the Glenn Beck Program.